Hello and welcome to the Brian Hornback Experience. This is episode 141, and it's not just me talking tonight. I've got a guest, and that guest is none other than Don Close. Don, for those of you that read Brian Hornback, you've probably seen me in her house in South Knoxville uh, about a year or so ago. Um, they um, were fighting the, the, the Dry Hollow community, uh, was uh, trying to not necessarily say no to Thunder Mountain, but they wanted to say not so many. But um, that was a fight that the, that the Dry Hollow community ultimately lost. And um, now it's in court. We'll see how all that goes. But that's not really what we're here to talk about. It's kind of what we're here to talk about. But anyway, uh, Don Close, how are you? You know, Brian, I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me tonight. I really appreciate oh. the you know, the forum and the ability to talk to people. Absolutely. Well, we first want to talk about that beautiful home that you have, uh, Love Day Springs, uh, over on Old Sevierville Pike, which I guess we could say is maybe possibly going to be across the road from a whole bunch of houses, but uh, it's a historic home. Um, you're turning it into an event center. Uh, uh, last time I was over there, well, I've been over there twice now. Uh, last time I, I went over there, you, you've added a um, you've added uh, a couple of things to help the event center. So not only are you living in a historic home, but you're actually creating a small business out of it, and you're actually bringing money to to the community. So you want to talk a little bit about Love Day Springs and make sure that we don't have a whole bunch of golfers coming by, but just kind of talk about kind of talk about some of the great pictures I've seen in your backyard and. Uh, and uh, all that, all that, all those wonderful visitors you have. Yes. Well, we're real proud of Love Day Springs. It is our home, and yes, we are going to open it up to some, um, you know, events, special events from time to time. It's not going to be a full time thing because we do actually live here. Right. Um, the home was built in the twenties, and um, but prior to that. The reason it's a historic home and the property is historic is because it used to be the stagecoach layover between Knoxville and Sevierville. Hmm. So they would come and they would change out their horses and people would, um, you know, hang out by the, the beautiful uh, natural creek that we have behind our house. We have those, you know, artesian springs, which feed that uh, creek and... Anyway, they had a little cantina, and so we have some of the old relics, you know, from those, you know, um, 1800s when all that was going on. The Pony Express would also come through here, too. Mm. So, and many very interesting people have lived here along the way. You know, the latest one, which is, uh, you know, someone that everyone in Dry Hollow knows is uh, the Ben Bowers family. Yep. He owned it, and he owned the farm across the street and uh, many parcels in this area and the uh, Thunder Mountain actually purchased all of those parcels from the Bowers family um, and there's kind of some interesting stories about that as well I did speak with uh, Ben Bowers daughter and she said that uh, the developers assured her, which one of them is uh, her nephew, that they would not they would not build homes on the property across the street from us because it's always been a farm. 
and they said they were going to keep it a farm, and then all of a sudden, huh. as soon as they got it, they decided they were going to build some houses on it. So I guess it's I guess it's so, going to be a farm of houses, huh? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so well, we have and, this beautiful, you know, historic home, and we've done some things to improve it. Um, my partner is a international landscape designer of the year several times, and we have some beautiful gardens here. And we built a beautiful pergola up on the hill, and we uh, also built a big open barn and um, uh, some other structures on the property, um, and it's quite lovely. Um, we actually open it up to our community because most people around here have driven by, we call it the White House, they drive <laughs> by the White House every day of their lives, and they've never been in They've never been on the property or in the house, and we've opened it up several times to the community because we feel like this is their their place, too. And the Loveday family was the one that established this property, and actually their great-granddaughters are big supporters of the Dry Hollow um, community that has been mm. opposing all this development. So there's a lot of history here, and all of it's very interesting and we love our community, and we love our property, so we like to share it. So, and uh, real quickly, Ben Bauer was the guy that started uh, Camel Tent Company, correct? Yes, yep. and he also, I think he was a World War One or World War II um, veteran, and he lost his leg. Hmm. Um, and so he used to drive around with, you know, one leg, and then he would use his cane for, you know, the gas pedal. Anyway, heard a lot of interesting stories about him but he was a very successful entrepreneur uh he had camel manufacturing and then he had a downtown uh mercantile um he was a big property owner around here right uh, and um let's see he also established uh the ball field right it's a, uh you know uh bowers field and there's a, a number of developments across Chapman that uh, have his name on them in the street name. So he's very famous in this area, and his family is pretty famous here as well. Right. Well, that's not – so that kind of gets us caught up. Um, for those of you that are still kind of lost about where we're talking about, basically, if you're going out Chapman Highway, because about the only good way to go to Sevierville is out Chapman anymore because you don't want to go up to 407 and go in. But if you go up Chapman – uh, when you see the, the the graveyard and the big church um, on the left, that's kind of what we're talking about because Thunder Mountain has bought the farm that is beside the big church. Um, and Valley, what's the name of that church, Dawn? Valley? Uh, it's Valley Grove. Valley Grove, Valley Grove Baptist Church. So, so the farm is beside Valley Grove. There's like a the old industrial park is kind of wedged behind Valley Grove Baptist Church. But so we're talking about the land that is the farm that's kind of beside the cemetery and Valley Grove Baptist Church. But then they've also gone up and they bought all the hill up behind Valley Grove because when Thunder Mountain wanted all the houses, they bought the big hill behind Valley Grove so that they could then throw more houses because of the density. Did I get all that right, Dawn? Yeah, so they're real smart developers. You know, they know how to, you know, bargain around and, you know, get their way. And there's, they bought 400 acres from the Bowers family. And most of it's kind of unusable. 
you know, there's a couple parcels that are usable, but the most important parcel they have is the farm. It used to be called uh, Twin Springs Farm. We now just call it Thunder Mountain. Right. I like Twin Springs better. Anyway, um, it's the most valuable because it's flat. Right. It's like most things that developers buy now as they go after these vulnerable farms. Um, and they're, you know, they're flat, they don't have trees on them, and, you know, they're, uh, they're cheap, it's cheaper land. And what the developers have figured out is almost all of the, you know, government officials, really, they, they're real, um, uh, they're real positive about all the development because well, they think they're going to get tax dollars from it. Well, they really and that and, and and therein lies the real problem is that you, you know I'm a, I mean you and I have talked we both align pretty well politically but let's let's face it the county commission um, the county government over the last three mayors we got Jacobs we got we had Burchett and we had Ragsdale the last significant uh, tax increase was in '99 which was which was um, well, the la yeah, the last significant tax increase was in 99, which was before Ragsdale. Ragsdale was, Ragsdale was elected in 2002. So in 99, they had a significant tax increase. Now, when, when Ragsdale came into office in 2002, it was in about 2006 that Ragsdale raised the, uh, got the county commission, and through voter referendum, they raised the quill tax. But again, that was earmarked dollars. So again, we've not had a significant tax increase since 99. So everything, and this year, the county budget just went to a billion dollars. And so everything that they use for that billion dollars um, is coming off tax growth. And that means that means when the every five-year reassessment, when they go out and they reassess Loveday Springs or they reassess the Brian Hornback compound, then whatever whatever they can get above the median is yes. is more money. But then again, all these new houses bring in more money. But what we're here to talk about tonight on well, excuse me. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Brian, that's kind of a misnomer and it's something that the commissioners use as a sales point to the community. Oh, we're gonna get all these tax dollars. Oh, isn't this gonna be great? And you know, all these improvements are going to happen in your neighborhood because we're going to get so much money. Well, they did a study on this, and what they found was every new house that's built, it takes over 20 years of that tax, those tax dollars from that house and those people that live in that new house to pay for the infrastructure. Right. So it takes 20 years just to break even. So this is a losing game that they're playing. It really is a big, fat loser. And the people that are paying the price for this are the people in these communities because they have really no say. But more and more people are coming, which is fine. Right. But, you know, their roads are not getting improved. You know, they have a very, a lot of very unsafe situations on their overcrowded streets. And... You know, they're having a big problem. It's taking sometimes an hour or two hours for the ambulance mm -hmm. to get to someone's home when, you know, there's a critical 
medical emergency. That's crazy because we don't have the infrastructure. We don't have um, the services that we need. Yet we're going to keep pouring more and more people into that system. And it's 20 years before it breaks even. They're not in the right spot on this issue. Well, this is a lie. Right. And, and you make a very good point. I mean, the fact of the matter is, yeah, they're getting more tax revenue from each house. But what they're not, what they don't consider is the services at, that, that all these new folks are going to begin using. Uh, when, they, when they come and they, they have, and they have children, they, they, uh, they, they fill up the schools, whether that be public schools or private schools. Yeah. They, um, if they have kids, they're, they're using Bower Field or any other recreation uh-huh. field. Um, uh, they're, uh, they're, 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 uh, they're having to continue to build. When you talk about infrastructure, we're not just talking about roads. We're talking about the infrastructure to, to provide um, Home Depots, Lowe's, Walmarts, Kroger's. All, the, all, all those businesses have to come to accommodate those people who are living uh-huh. there. So, again, that's, that's, that's an unknown infrastructure cost that's never considered, but we're, we're doing that. We're doing this on Monday night, December the 11th, a week from tomorrow on December the 19th at five o'clock in the, in the Knoxville city County building in the main assembly room at five o'clock is probably, I would guess the last growth policy meeting where the public can have input. Now let's kind of talk about what this growth policy plan is. It's been in the works for more than a year and a half. It's called Advanced Knox. You can find it at advancednox.org. Um, the draft comprehensive plan is on Advanced Knox, which is about an 81-page document. The draft appendices, which is all the documents that led up to this 81-page document, is more than 470 pages. The proposed maps on there, the interactive maps on there. The link will be... Um, on the brianhornback.com blog post, and I'll uh, include it on the YouTube and in the pod stream uh, as well for this. But here's what's key, and that's what I'm going to let Margie, I'm going to, I just mentioned Margie, I'm going to let Dawn talk about, and that is what happened when, when Thunder Mountain happened about a year ago or whenever, when Thunder Mountain happened, one of the things was, well, the plan hadn't been updated. The plan hadn't been updated. Well, guess what? Now the plan's going to be updated. The first time uh, Mayor Jacobs, he took office in 2018, September 1st, 2018. He came out with a growth plan in 2019. Both city, all city council, county commission, and the town of Farragut, all three have to vote on it. City council approved it. County commission approved it. The town of Farragut did not approve it. So in 2019... We now fast forward to 2023. So that's how long it's taken them to come up with this new growth plan that the mayor's going to present. He's going to present it again to county commission, city council, town of Farragut. All three governing bodies have to approve this growth plan. But what Dawn's going to talk about is what they said about Thunder Mountain. Well, we're going to have to approve this because the growth plan's out of date. Well, guess what? The proposed growth plan is going to be up to date if these three entities um, approve it sometime toward the end of this month or end of January. And Thunder Mountain and anybody that cares about our rural 
um, urban area, not urban, our rural and suburban areas need to know what's going on. So Dawn, talk about what happened with Thunder Mountain, where we are today and what people need to do. And, and when we close this, I'll let everybody know how they can sign up and be there.
and we're in an outrage over it. So how far, so, so how close is the growth plan? Now, for those of you, I, I forgot to say early on, for those of you that don't know where Valley Grove Baptist Church is, Thunder uh, Dry Hollow is about a mile and a half, two miles from the from the severe Blount County line. Is that right? Yes. It's yeah. Very, we're at the very edge of the county. Right. So where it, so if Thunder Mountain were included in the growth plan, where where is where is the growth plan in the new plan, and how far would it have to stretch to get to Thunder Mountain? So they're just asking for their parcels the oh. that, they, that they purchased, only their parcels. So what those parcels are is the farm across the street from right. us. They want that to be high density. So currently they can build one to two houses per acre. We as a community are fine with that. We prefer not to have it, but you know, in the spirit of compromise we would be okay with that you know they're within their right to develop it to that degree they don't want that they want to make more money which that's their right but they want they need more houses per acre in order to make it profitable for them so they're asking they've been asking for four or five houses per acre right and that's high density. Well, in our community, our little tiny dry hollow community, we have one house per two acres. Mm -hmm. It's very rural out here. So now all of a sudden on tiny Sevierville Pike Road, it's a country road, we're going to now throw, you know, 500 homes, which means that's 5,000 trips a day on that little tiny road and right across from my driveway and right across the street from my historic home is going to be 500 homes smacked in you know cheek to jowl and they won't be nice either i promise you because one of the problems with that property and this is my problem with how the commissioners are doing their job the, that land was owned by Bowers, and he had an industrial park. So he had a farm and an industrial park. Those two things work very well together. Yeah. Now what they want to do is they want to turn the farm into a development which is right next to the big industrial park. You can see the industrial park. You can smell the industrial park. You can hear it. You can, you can really hear the yep. sand blasters. Yep. And I drove the county commissioners up there and I showed them and I actually had the sand blaster turn on his machine to see how loud it is. So this is this is the crazy part. They approved this and I said, wait just a second. I said, if there was a housing development already there at Thunder Mountain's property, would they ever allow an industrial park to be <laughs> built next to it and they all said no this is what's wrong is we're saying yes to every development and we're not being discerning there's good development there's smart development and then there's bad development there's one other that i want to give an example of what they're doing the projects that they're approving don't meet the you know the standards 
that most of us think that they should. So they're across the road on Chapman. They're getting ready mm. to build 120 condominiums. And I drove up there because I thought, well, I wonder if they have a different way of getting in and out of this development. Do they have another entrance or exit? And they don't. Mm -hmm. They have one way in and one way out, and it's on to Chapman Highway, which is very, very busy. And when we were at one of those workshops, I asked someone from the engineering department, I said, you know, I drove over there one day and I said I had a very difficult time turning left like I was going to Knoxville. Right. And I said the traffic was horrendous. I said, what's going to happen to those people when they have to go to work in Knoxville? He said, oh, no. He said, don't worry. We're not going to let them turn left. They can only turn right. They I approved that development they have no business approving something that you can only turn right obviously those people I, in knoxville obviously these people don't ever drive around knoxville do they because people do things they're not supposed to do every day all day long in knoxville and knox county when they're driving around knoxville and knox county well it's crazy because right there like you know less than half a mile is where that where the Baptist church is. And on Sunday, the Baptist church has hired police officers. Oh, sure. What they do is they, when church lets out, they go up onto Chapman Highway and they stop the traffic and allow the churchgoers to safely 